Welcome to the Wonder Women podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I'm your host. Every Wednesday and Friday, I bring you an interview of a female or non-binary maker of all kinds of makers uh, from all over the world. Today's guest is Laura Morrison, who is an art author, but she is a published author. She is also a crafter of all kinds of um, uh, fabric work. I think predominantly fabric work, but uh, also paper craft. So she's not the first author I've had on the podcast, but I would say she's probably the first person who's had like author as her job, if you want to call it job, um, more so. And she also has a, a creative podcast. So um, happy to have Laura on today and bring you something maybe a little bit different. Before we hop into the interview with Laura, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much. Kevin, Lefty's Woodshop, Christy, Twisted Twine, Christina B, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Sven, Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Toolmom Bonnie, ToolmomStore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou, Made by Mary Lou, Amy Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly Reclaim Living Store, Brandy Studio Obey, <clears throat> Kathy One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan Ethan Carter Design. So thank you all so very much for your ongoing and continued support, helping me to produce two episodes a week every week. Uh, before we hop into the interview, one short announcement or reminder that this Saturday, uh, so tomorrow um, at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time will be a virtual hangout for the patrons. So all those people I just listed will have access to that Zoom link and be able to come hang out. And if uh, you hop on it quickly and join as a patron, you also can join in on the virtual hangout, uh, just chatting about what's on our benches, what's going on. It's been a while since I've had one, like it's definitely been a hot minute. So um, it will just be fun to catch up with everybody, see what everyone's working on um, and see, you know, what's coming up for the summer, what exciting things are coming up. So that is the plan. And I hope to see all of you there. Uh, including some new faces, hopefully. So uh, without further ado, here is Laura Morrison. Uh, so I always start by having my guests introduce themselves. So when you are ready to do so, you can go ahead and do that. Oh, okay. Sounds good. My name is Laura Morrison. I'm a writer and podcaster. I write fiction, speculative fiction mostly. Uh, I have a sci-fi novel called Grimbargo a novella called Come Back to the Swamp, 
Uh, I have a few short stories, um, two short horror stories published by Black Spot Books and one short uh, sci-fi story um, published by Space Boy Books. And I have, uh, uh, the big one for me is my, uh, my fairy tale uh, middle grade series is the, the first book in that series is coming out this summer on um, July 6th. And also this this month uh, being National Poetry Month. I also have a tie-in um, poetry book that uh, connects to my upcoming series. So okay. that's coming out this month. And also, of course, I have my, my podcast, Space Mantis, which is a, uh, it's a space opera uh, podcast. So you're going to have to explain to me what space opera is. <laughs> it's, it's like, um, it's, uh, the way I describe it is sort of like silly sci-fi. Like it's in space and mm-hmm. there's sci-fi elements, but it's mostly just like not serious. It's more silly. <laughs> I don't know if that would offend other, uh, <laughs> other uh, space opera people, but that's how I define it. And that's okay. certainly how my space opera works anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, I want to kind of just know your, your story starting like way back at the beginning when you were a kid and like how the progression of how you got to here. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so I have always been a maker of things and a big reader. So like, so before I had kids, I would say my whole life was, I was primarily a crafter and secondarily a writer. But then when I had kids, that sort of flipped because like I, because all of a sudden I was a stay at home mom and I had both of my babies are big snugglers. So they, I always had a sleeping baby on me and you can't, you can't do a lot of crafting one handed, but you can like, if you're, if you're, um, you know, serious, of, serious enough about it, you can um, be a, a writer one handed. You can mm-hmm. do a lot of typing one handed. So that's what I, that's why I got into um, finally taking my writing seriously was uh, I just was sitting around a lot with babies sleeping on me. And so, yeah, I've, before that I was, um, and though, of course, uh, this isn't a big focus in my life anymore, but just since you are a, a maker podcast and uh, so much of my life was other making before it was making books, um, I did just about everything. And I still do to some degree, like knitting and weaving and spinning yarn and beading and um origami just like so many so many like paper centric things book binding is a huge one in my life still like the old-fashioned book binding with all of the the old-fashioned techniques and stuff that's I love that I've I've made a few of my books into super fancy hardcovers actually (laughs) um and then my my dad is a woodworker and my father-in-law is a blacksmith so I've dabbled in in those but that's I don't have the shops at my mm-hmm. house so I can only do so much there um but yeah writing writing is my big one writing and podcasting and um gosh I was rambling there so I lost track of your question my <laughs> does that cover it <laughs> I'm not well, I guess- I'm, I'm more of a writer than a talker <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess, I mean, how did you, <clears throat> like, I guess, you know, did you, did you go to college? What did you go to college for? Mm. Um, I went to college for, uh, I have a degree in applied ecology and environmental science, actually. Uh, so not writing, uh, technical writing, like science mm -hmm. writing. Sure, I can, I can write that sort of thing, but um, through my training. But uh, as far as fiction, the way I studied fiction is just by nonstop reading, like my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I feel my philosophy uh, and the, the, the philosophy of some writers, also not at all other writers, is studying some things too rigidly and learning too many of the rules can sometimes get in the way of your creativity. Mm. And I believe that up to a point, I think, like, as long as you've read a ton of books, you know how to do stuff, you know how stories work, you, mm -hmm. you it's so um, it's worked out for me anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I didn't uh, study it, but I unofficially studied it nonstop um <laughs> and my for my novella that I wrote come back to the swamp it's all about like the main the main character is a uh ecologist and she's studying in a swamp and I used to uh the the work that I did getting rid of invasive species and tracking uh turtles in swamps in New Jersey that was like the story never would have happened if I hadn't had that experience so my my environmental studies definitely have uh figured into a lot of my writing in a lot of ways mm -hmm. i have a lot of swamp witches so a lot of swampy <laughs> stuff um, yeah it's, it's lovely <laughs> yeah uh, <clears throat> i didn't are turtles an invasive species no no that's oh. the, the plants the uh, ah. there probably are invasive um turtles but um maybe but <laughs> uh no the, i got rid of invasive plants in the swamps and then separately uh also while I was out there tracked the uh turtles who that that were um one of the species was endangered and the other species was threatened out in New Jersey mm -hmm. so just tracking the numbers of those and um making sure those populations were doing all right yeah that's not that actually sounds really fascinating oh, we have so a fun. we have a <clears throat> a pond behind our house like a rather large pond you know it's kind of the neighborhood pond uh-huh and so right now is really fun turtle watching because they've oh, yeah. like all woke up you know and they're like going out onto every possible like log or dock and just sunning themselves and it's kind of fun to just watch that and usually they come up into our yards and lay their eggs and so you know it's always like okay which yard's gonna have like the baby turtles hatching Aww. this year you know so oh, that's always so fun <clears throat> so fun but yeah yeah super fun um and all kinds of wildlife that comes with that you know geese yeah. and ducks and frogs yeah. and all kinds of fun stuff yeah my yard <laughs> is surrounded by a lot of uh pesticide sprayers so we don't have much <laughs> i personally don't we have bees and mm -hmm. um i i do monarch butterfly stuff i i uh, raise monarch butterflies so we are very anti-pesticide ourselves but mm -hmm. not so much the neighborhood yeah i also understand that as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to tell you about an awesome brand I discovered that you might love as well. 
Have you ever spent a ton of money on clothing that was supposed to be high performance only for it to end up at the back of your closet because it just doesn't fit right? I personally hate when this happens. I get excited about a new pair of work boots and then I'm disappointed to find out they just weren't designed for me. Discovering Athena Outfitters was a game changer for me. Athena Outfitters is a quality workwear brand for hardworking women. All of their items are handpicked to meet the needs of women in the trades, not just sized down versions of items designed for men. They've got great workwear essentials like comfortable, soft, and safety toe boots and options for my active lifestyle when I'm off the clock as well. Shopping with Athena Outfitters saves me time and energy because I always know I'm getting a high quality product that also looks and feels great. Next time you're looking for gear with grit, check out AthenaOutfitters.com. That is A-T-H-E-N-A-Outfitters.com and use special code at checkout MM15 to get a 15% discount because you listen to the Maker Mom podcast. So you did, I mean, so you had, I guess, you know, were you always doing something creative outside of like your professional career? Yes. Yes, definitely. Like even when I was in college, my, my roommate, she also was uh, the same program as I was. She has a, she's a teacher now, but she also had a degree in environmental science. And like, we were always like, we were always, we, we, that's where I made my first quilt actually was mm. in college. <laughs> Other people were going to parties and we were sitting in our room quilting. And um, that I also, we did a lot of writing, like a lot of creative writing. We wrote stories and showed them to each other. And that is where my, um, my first, well, not, it, the first book I wrote, but now it's, it's the one that is being, uh, that's coming out this summer. It's my, the first book of my uh, fairy tale series. Um, we, that's where I started writing that was with my roommate in college. And, um, yeah, I've always, always, always been making stuff. I'm always in the middle of some sort of project, usually mm -hmm. yarny or fabric or, or, um, paper related. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> so why the draw to sci-fi? Sci-fi? Um, well, actually, fantasy is kind of more my thing, but sci-fi was the first, I, I, I had um, a sci-fi book published first, and then my um, my space opera, oh, well, gosh, that's a, okay, big story there, but um, <laughs> um, so for the sci-fi one, uh, a friend of mine had started a sci-fi um, uh, publish, like a, a small press, and um, offered me the chance to write a book for them, so I just said, Yes. And I've always loved sci-fi, but it's never, I feel like in a lot of ways it is similar to fantasy in that um, I've always sort of seen it as they're sort of the same thing in a lot of ways, except sci-fi instead of being in like the semi pseudo medieval past, it's mm -hmm. in the future, of course, generally. And um instead of magic it's just science that doesn't exist yet so it's just like the the science is sort of mm -hmm. magic and it's it's if you just like exchange the the past for the future and the magic for the science you pretty much have the same thing so mm -hmm. um in that way they're sort of in my mind the same anyway that and again that probably that that would probably annoy 
certain purists <laughs> in both genres. <laughs> I don't, um, I'm not, I'm not like a huge reader. Um, like I do audiobooks and stuff, mm-hmm. but I oh, am yeah. like, I am definitely like a huge, like consumer of fantasy and sci-fi television and mm-hmm. um, movies. Like that's, <clears throat> that's how I, unwind that's how I escape right yes uh mm-hmm. so um I totally I would agree though obviously I'm not a writer but I would agree that fantasy and sci-fi are very similar yeah um like it's both stuff that really doesn't exist yeah. like in reality mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but yet it makes complete sense when you see it all put together in this yes <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Yeah, and my um my podcast, how that came to be. Oh, and actually, speaking of audiobooks, um my uh my novella, Come Back to the Swamp, is an audiobook. Mm-hmm. It, it was made into an audiobook, so there there you go for that. But uh, that's all I listen to is audiobooks these days. I don't have time to read because of all of the other stuff I've got going on. So I listen to just tons of audiobooks while I'm like doing laundry or something. It's, mm-hmm kind of a depressing place to be but whatever um so but my uh my podcast um so I had written again come back to the swamp my novella back to that um and in that which is mostly a current day like it's called fantasy realism so it's like mostly real life but just with little elements of magic thrown in like that's where one of my swamp witches is is in that book and um there is a, a a space opera TV show that is referenced a few times in that book. And I have some writer friends online and like we were uh, reading each other's novellas for this contest that we were all in for novella writing. And they had mentioned, like a few of them had mentioned that they liked the idea of the, um, of the show Space Mantis that was in my other book. And we just all kind of started brainstorming a little bit off and on and we're just talking about how it would be fun if wouldn't it be cool if it really was a show and wouldn't it be cool if we somehow could make something like this but of course we can't make a show but we can make a podcast and so Mm -hmm. we just that that just sort of eventually formed and so they are all voice actors in it as well as other creative type people that I've met along the line because there's a, a big cast in it actually but um so like people from both of my both of the publishing both of the small presses that i am associated with uh black spot books and space boy books there are people from both sets Mm. that um are also uh voice actors in it and it's just one of those things that like you connect with people and they like what you're doing and you ask Mm -hmm. if they want to be a part of it and then things just happen (laughs) right so like a total collaborative uh, mm-hmm. effort <clears throat> yep I love collaborative creative projects I love co-writing mm-hmm. I love this podcasting it's it's just so fun to work with other creative people on on things that everyone is when, when like so many people have so many different gifts and talents and just pile it all together and it usually makes mm-hmm. something pretty fun yeah I mean I it's the same thing within the like you know more like physical maker space as well Mm -hmm. like meeting people you may meet them like online or via like instagram but 
it's very easy to fall into like okay let's collaborate together and make something like it's yes just, um and conferences is also another fun space where it's just like Mm-hmm. so many ideas are generated yes. just from like talking with each other yeah it's so nice to connect with creative people and the, the internet is so great for that it's just I never would have met the people I've met I don't think just especially <laughs> because I'm an introvert yeah. <laughs> just like hanging out in my house like how, how like there could be somebody two blocks over that was into whatever I was into and I'd never know it so thank goodness for the internet <laughs> exactly exactly um so how many kids do you have i have two kids all right and how old are they they are not they're 10 sorry and 13 okay all right so they've kind of grown up with you being in this creative space yep Um, definitely what i mean you talked about a little bit when they were you know kids sleeping on you but how Mm -hmm. have you like continued that process as they've grown like how have I kept up with being with, with the creative stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, so first of all, it's so helpful that I have a supportive spouse. My husband is just super. He was raised um, by an artist. His dad is a blacksmith, and um, so having an artist in the family, he was raised to to value art like even if you're not making a ton of money off of it it's a valuable Mm -hmm. thing and artists are an asset to the society whatever the art whether it's you know writing or or some other form of creativity and so he's always been very supportive and that's been lovely and also we live in a place with the low cost of living so that's nice (laughs) um but yeah uh my kids as far as like since he is definitely the primary money maker, we do have more of a system where I do the house stuff, he does the work because like otherwise how how is this gonna work out? Mm-hmm. But um so I've sort of evolved, especially since the kids are older now, this is much more possible. I have evolved this uh sort of second shift life <laughs> where um I like I usually sleep till 11 I stay up till three or four to do my writing like once my husband is in bed and the kids are in bed Mm -hmm. I have like three four hours when everyone else is asleep at night where I just write and uh, do like whatever audio editing for the podcast and um, that has been the best way to do it I've tried through the day to like get little pieces of writing in Mm -hmm. here and there between whatever but it's so nice to have the focus in the middle of the night and now that again my kids are older and can give themselves breakfast and wake up right. and, and they're they're doing virtual learning this year so starting school on their own without me having to to be there to tell them to do it it's been um that's what how things have worked out mm-hmm. the best way I can get things done these days what are their like do they they probably don't know any different as far as like this maybe not being the route that like every parent takes for yeah. a career type thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I wonder if they've thought about it. I know they see like they you know make comparisons to other families, and I think they they really like that I'm at home. <laughs> that's that's like the big thing that for them I'm a writer so I'm at home mm-hmm. and and they really like that aspect of it I'm not sure how much they think about it generally though um 
they know that since I'm so busy, our house is a lot messier than a lot of their friends. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just the side stuff that they are more aware of. Yeah, I mean, in the, I have multiple, uh, you know, jobs that I do, but all of them are basically from home and home based. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, and and my kids are younger, but they've definitely lashed onto that fact of like, it's rare when I have to like go somewhere for work. And so it's like, well, mom's always home. Like, Mm -hmm. um, which also means that the lines like get blurred, I guess, as far as like, like, well, you're home mom. So you can do like this, 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 and this. And it's like, I'm home, but I'm working. (laughs) Which is why I stay up till four in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Um, Where else, I mean, how else are you still fitting in, like, creative stuff that's not, like, for work, if that makes sense? Yeah. Uh, For... With my Both of my kids are also pretty creative, so it's been helpful to like just focus on things that they're both into there's a lot of time you can you know get creative stuff in through the day if your kids are also into it so you can have like a it's not a a separate time it's a together time so like my older one is super into beading she's made some really pretty bead necklaces and she's she's into she's i would say she'll probably be more of an artist i've Mm. never had the discipline to actually study a thing like if i can't do it quickly if I can't (laughs) learn it within a week then Mm -hmm. I just don't have the patience for it generally for the like for the crafts that I do um but she is like really into drawing realistic things in a way that I never could do she's 13 and she's already drawing much better than I ever could or than I ever have Mm -hmm. um I suppose I probably could but I just again don't yeah (laughs) um uh so like drawing I love um things like just like pen and ink like making geometric Mm -hmm. designs that sort of thing so we sit around drawing together or my um my younger one she's more into like 3d stuff like she really likes the the glue gun and if you give her a bunch of like random stuff she'll create this like glue gun centric (laughs) sculpture out of whatever and so that's fun um she made me like a she made me a stuffed animal recently out of like the cut up jeans and just junk she glued onto it in a really cute little way so so that was yeah it's it's just you go with what they like through the mm-hmm. day if possible and mm-hmm. that that gets you more creativity through the day right <laughs> yeah do they um you mentioned both like your like your father-in-law is a blacksmith your mm-hmm dad is a woodworker like so do you as a family get to interact in those spaces ever as well Mm, well I was recently uh because I keep uh through the summer I raise monarch butterflies to help with that population my dad uh I was at their I was at there I was visiting my parents and uh he was helping me to make uh these really nice butterfly houses so that like when they're outside they don't get the cocoons or whatever don't get eaten by 
uh, predators. And also, I should—I forgot my mom. My mom is an amazing weaver. She has all these spinning wheels and uh, looms, and she's she's really done a ton of very nice weaving. So I definitely come from creative parents. But um, and she's she's gotten me a lot more into weaving. Um, I, I was the one who actually introduced her to spinning and from there she got into weaving and stuff. So I, I, it's like, I started her on it, but since I'm kind of more flighty and I flip from project to project, she, I mean, she stuck with it. So she uh, pretty quickly got a lot better than I was. Um, and yeah, a few times ago, I was over there trying out one of her looms and just making a really cool little belt. So I dabble in their stuff. Uh, yeah yeah and then the uh, blacksmithing my, fa my father-in-law they live farther away from me so we don't see them much and the kids are the kids do more of blacksmithing than i do because i have arthritis in my um i have arthritis that for the most part's in remission but my wrists still bother me mm -hmm. and blacksmith is big hammering stuff. yes <laughs> <laughs> like what it is so yeah exactly <laughs> so i don't i don't do too much of that <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by ToolMomStore.com. ToolMom and company is for all ages, genders. They have what you need for your one-stop tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing. Uh, the products are fun, fashionable, one-of-a-kind. In fact, I have two of the mugs. Uh, one has a circular saw with flames coming off of it and says, Go Girl. Another one has the definition of a tool chick. Both of them are super awesome, and I have coffee out of them almost every morning. So check out toolmomstore.com or find them on Instagram at toolmombonnie. You can receive an extra 20% off at checkout by using the code MAKERMOM. Um, so where you've got some stuff coming up, mm -hmm. you mentioned uh, the book coming out. The podcast is going. How often do you do the podcast? The podcast, uh, season one, we did uh, once every two weeks. Um, we're on hiatus right now working on season three. So, I'm sorry, season two. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm writing the scripts for that. I've written about half of them. And then we're just getting all of the, the voice acting together for those. And I'm finishing up the scripts. Um, and that's like... It's a bit of a production. I don't really do much of the audio editing. There's a guy who is um, who's helping out with that. He um, he's also a voice actor in the second season. Uh, he's he does more of that. I do like just the very basic audio editing, like just normalizing the sound and stuff. Mm -hmm. He's the one who makes it like all sound good. Like we have people recording we have people we have someone in Singapore and just like all across mm. the U.S. and there's someone in England and Denmark and um we, we're just like from all over the planet and um we're all recording at different times sometimes like in the first season we had an episode where like some of the recordings were from like years ago and some were from like a few like weeks before it was all mm -hmm. put together but our audio guy makes it 
sound just like everyone's in the same room together at the same time and it's just it's magic what some people can do with that i was gonna say like yeah how do you do that how do you make it seem like i don't know conversation (laughs) going you know because i imagine like to me when you're talking about this it's it's like because i don't listen to any other podcasts like that most Mm -hmm. podcasts i listen to are like like this interview style yeah so um but to me it sounds like like old school like radio shows Mm -hmm. type stuff right yeah Uh, it's like that sort of thing except all spliced together yeah (laughs) that's gotta take an immense amount of time it does it's really a lot of time i feel so so (laughs) fortunate that i have these people who are into this project and i just really hope they stick it out long term (laughs) yeah it's i don't know i love it i'm i'm really lucky where do you hope to like go with the podcast like i feel like all we really want is just some people who are like genuinely into it you know we're not out there to like become huge we just want people to listen and really like it and see what happens from there like if it ever did get big that would be great but also just if there's a few people who dig it that's that's also awesome Mm -hmm. um yeah how was how was your first season received do you think um we we definitely got a few people who seem to really like it um there's this it was like sort of none of us are podcast people none of us came from the podcast world Mm -hmm. so we're all book people for the most part um none of us knew how to do any of the podcast stuff so it's just like hard to get the word out there and there's so many podcasts out there um so i feel like the the time between season one and season two is when i'm going to be focusing more on trying to get the word out we just want to have like this solid season waiting there for anybody who will find it and um Mm -hmm. yeah this this summer is hopefully going to be when i'm gonna be um trying to be more formal about uh working on on getting the word out about it um so yeah not not a huge audience but there are people who like it so Mm -hmm. that's that's a plus yeah yeah i can imagine i mean it's like i came when i started this podcast which oh my gosh this is almost three years ago now when I started this podcast um like it was a good two years before it really like you know started taking off and mm-hmm. um it and I believe it's taken off large in part because of the network I grew through like other stuff mm-hmm. like through my making you know people who like follow me on social media and like my making would hear me say like oh you know this is who I'm talking to on the podcast um and then so it's just now kind of like organically growing where people are like who I have who have never interacted with me are being able to find it so it's like yeah it's a journey (laughs) yeah you have to really just enjoy it and stick with it yes hope for the best (laughs) yeah yeah I feel like that's a big thing with writing is you just have to really like it um much like podcasting Mm -hmm. and like odds are it's just not going to go anywhere and 
uh, but you still have to try and if you like it you do it and I, I just feel like there are more um again probably this is the same with podcasts as it is with the writing world in general there are more talented people than there is a need for them or a market for them so the harder you try and the more you make the better your chances but it's just it's not the most fair world for creative people but I guess it never has been in the old days you had to be rich or know somebody rich to do it and now you just have to luck out Mm -hmm. well yeah I mean I think that's a valid point though like I would say in the world of fiction writing as a whole, I mean, there's a lot of authors out there, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. It's like, yeah. I know so many who are really talented. Like so many of the people who work on uh, the Space Mantis podcast, they're pretty much all of them are writers. And I feel like all of them deserve more notice than they have there there are some really good books like that i've genuinely i've gone back to reread them like i do a margaret atwood or like like kurt vonnegut or like big names mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. they're really they're good writers but they just aren't seen you just have to luck out at a certain baseline level of talent it's just luck from there and it's mm-hmm. it's really it's a it's a rough world <laughs> do you think um i don't think people are necessarily going away from reading but i do feel like maybe libraries don't play as important of a role Mm -hmm. in like the average at least in the states like in the average uh household as they once did i think that's true i I really feel like that's true in my like little, you know, bubble that I live in. It's not so much true, but generally that is the feeling I get that it's just libraries aren't that big a thing. Even I would say reading feels like it's not so much a thing for anyone anymore or not for for anyone, but a lot of people aren't too much into reading anymore, either because they just aren't interested or because life is just so busy. Like I'm a writer and I haven't, read a physical book in months which is huge for me but I have been listening to a lot of audiobooks so yeah I think that's the I mean I feel like that's a general direction things are going because Mm -hmm. like you can listen to a book while driving so like Mm -hmm. if you live in a big city and you have to commute every day or whatever Mm -hmm. like that's one way to consume what you once maybe enjoyed sitting down and like reading that physical book yeah yeah, nobody has downtime anymore. It's yeah. so sad. And I, as a bookbinder and a appreciator of books as art themselves, I think it's really sad. It's really sad that like physical books aren't much of a thing anymore for so many people. Um, I finally broke down and got a Kindle like a month ago, but I was so <laughs> against even eBooks. I was like, no, never, never. Um, but they serve a purpose. Mostly, I wrote, mostly just do uh, nonfiction on eBooks, though. I still mm-hmm. I feel like fiction, especially fantasy, has to be a physical book. <laughs> I have strong views on these things. <laughs> hey, we're we're a split household. I do uh, audio books mainly. Just I think I would enjoy reading more if I wasn't like, I'm just in general, a slow reader. And mm-hmm. so oh, me too. like, too, that's hard. 
So I just get, I get frustrated because I'm like, I could be like so much further through this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So audio books tend to fit me in that way. Yeah. Um, Whereas like, but my wife enjoys the physical book. So it's like started to be like, if I listen to one that I'm like, oh, she has to like read this. Then I then buy the physical book. So I can- Yes. Yes. <laughs> we have that same, my husband and I have that same sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, there's a many, many times I've bought like a, um, I've started with the audiobook and then I've needed to get the physical book too for like for sharing yeah. with people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a lot of there's at least five I can think of right now that we've got both versions just because of how we read our stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. That's funny. I, I hadn't heard of that being a thing with anybody else. That's cool. <laughs> well, the author may, the, the author or the person who sells those things makes money twice. Yes. Off of our household. <laughs> and, and they deserve it. Yes. <laughs> it's a book that's good enough for, for that. Yes. Then, yes. then they've earned it. <laughs> um so i'm kind of i'm looking at the time um and i would say we're kind of getting close to it so mm-hmm. i want to give you a chance to let people know like how can they find you and all that stuff gotcha my website is a good place uh laura morrison writes.com uh l-a-u-r-a-m-o-r-r-i-s-o-n as you'd think w-r-i-t-e-s.com um uh let me see here my website yeah uh amazon all my stuff can be found on amazon um except the podcast of course uh space mantis podcast that can be found at all the podcast places um i think those are my best the best things okay the best things i can point you to yeah awesome (laughs) well thanks for chatting with me today Thank you. It was so nice to talk to you. Yeah. All right. So again, that was Laura Morrison. I'll include the links on how you can follow along with her uh, in the show notes or the description for today's episode. You can find that on whatever podcast app you listen on, or if you're watching this on YouTube, check out the description down below. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're new to the podcast and you enjoy today's episode, please make sure you hit that subscribe button and tell a friend about the podcast. Tell a friend about a maker you've learned about that you just were blown away by their journey. Um, I know I'm blown away by everybody I get to talk to. I really truly do enjoy doing this podcast and getting to learn everybody's stories. Also head over to Instagram, follow along with at Wonder Women Pod. And again, women is with an E-N, not an A-N. So Wonder Women Pod, follow along over there. Hop on over to Patreon, join as a patron so you can join us for the virtual hangout on Saturday. That's patreon.com forward slash wonder women pod there as well. And again, women is E-N, not A-N. Um, and when I'm not talking to all these fabulous people and learning about their stories, getting into making, uh, you can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor over at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings pretty much across all of the social media platforms. So LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest. Um, I'm active on a daily basis though on Instagram and TikTok. So that's what you can where you can see uh, what's going on on my workbench uh, currently. I can tell you right now, it's a heck of a lot of bat houses. 
um, or what new uh, dance moves I have gleamed to share with everybody. So hope to see you over there. Reach out, say you found me through the podcast. I love meeting people that way. Again, that's at Freeman Furnishings. All right, it's Friday. I hope you all enjoy a wonderful weekend and get out and make something. And I will see you all next week with two brand new episodes. Thank you.